0: Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Ninja on the Ball podcast, where we are on the ball with the people that know. As we mentioned, we'll be bringing you insight and experience from people from in, inside the industry who are currently working and currently have experience and lots of knowledge to share. Today, we have a very special guest with us. We have the head coach of Katsina United Football Club, Henry Makinwa. Um, coach Henry, thank you for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Good morning to everybody.
0: Thank you, Coach. Um, So, um, Coach, um, well, I think today we'll just focus on the coaching. um, But for people who maybe don't know Coach Makinwa, Coach uh, was a player before he became a coach. um, And currently he holds the UEFA Pro license. Um, So, um, Coach, um, of course, uh, we have to start with Um, Why did you enter coaching?
1: Yeah, actually, I entered coaching after retirement for a very good reason. When you retire, you either you go into business or you go into coaching or you go into management as a player's agent. But I remember when I was in Portugal, I was at Victoria Stuba. I had a coach that was very good, that inspired me into taking coaching when I retired. His name is uh, George Jesus. He's the current coach of Benfica. So it was so good that I loved to go into coaching when I will be retiring. So as soon as I retired, I went straight for my coaching education, which I have not regretted to today.
0: So coach, um, you know, um, for people listening, um, how difficult was it to um, go from being a player to becoming a coach
1: yeah it's quite difficult because you will think that uh, you're an ex-player ex-professional player so it's going to be easier to be a coach but i found out that that's not true because even going through the coaching education you know you were just a player you play coaches come in, they teach you what they want to teach you then you think oh ah, I was a good player, I'm a striker, I'm this and that. So it would be very easy for you. No, it's not easy because there are different concepts in entirely. Playing as a player is one thing and coaching is another thing. So it, it wasn't that very easy. But it requires a lot of work, a lot of studies, a lot of uh, watching, concentration and learning from people. So it's not that quite easy. To, to move from being a player to being a coach.
0: Mm. So, um, of course, you know, a question of, uh, you know, I'm sure people want to know is um, how long did it take you to um, complete your coaching badges?
1: Yeah, it actually took me about three and a half years in Spain. And I uh, was lucky because I was an ex-professional player you have some little, very little advantages. Normally, it springs from about four to six years, but we were so lucky, our group then when we started, when we had the UFOB, normally you have these three months courses, then six months of attachment to a professional club or an academy. So that's about nine months and after that you are supposed to wait for one year but we were lucky that year that uh, we did so well and the federation said we could apply for the a immediately if everybody passes you know so we passed it was like a bonus so we registered immediately for the UFO A. then after another nine months you have to wait i think we waited for six months we didn't have that bonus Then we went for the final onslaught, which is the UEFA Pro. So uh, in all, it took me about three and a half, four years to to finish the course. Hmm.
0: So, um, of course, you know, people, people would want to know, you know, somebody um, of your stature, somebody of your experience, Um, you know, you have the uh, European license. Um, Why, why did you um, come back to coach in Nigeria?
1: Okay, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of guy that I don't like to deceive myself. You see, what people term racism, I have a different interpretation of racism, okay? These guys, um, they give opportunities to theirs, as, you know, example, like Lampard, uh Ollie of Manu, uh, lots of people, Thierry, uh, what's his name, John Thierry, or uh, John Thierry. Um, these people are European, they have, uh, they're on the, uh, on the, the forced list, what you call a poll post, they take their children, theirs, forced before you. You have to be on a long queue, on a very longer queue, which I saw. And I, you know, I wouldn't be able to wait for like six, seven, eight, nine, ten years before somebody will call you to come and take up a taught division, you know, because that's how it works. You need to see that yourself. So I took a decision to come back to Nigeria because I'm a Nigerian. And uh, if they know I have a license and with one or two people talking to them, have a chance, which I had with ABS, with um, the son of the then Senate president, Shani Cherokee, uh, interviewed me in England and asked me if I would be able to come to Nigeria. So why not? So I came in and. Uh, since then I've been here. So if I'd stayed back in, in Spain, I would be waiting by now without experience, without anything. And that would have been very, very bad experience for me. Mm.
0: So, um, of course, uh, um, you mentioned obviously ABS. Um, how, m- how many other Nigerian teams have you coached uh, since you came back to Nigeria?
1: I've coached ABS for two years. I've coached RBA Warriors for one year and I've coached at Katsina United till present, just one year, two, one season. Mm-hmm. So I have about four years experience in Nigeria. Mm-hmm.
0: Good. Um, so, um, of course, for people um, listening, you know, one of the main things we want to talk about is the role of the head coach. Um, so can you briefly explain to us what is the role of the head coach um, as yourself currently at Katsina United?
1: Okay. Uh, you know, in a sane society, that's in a developed world, uh, as a manager, you know, head coach, or manager, whatever you call it, a technical advisor like they normally call it in Nigeria, you have a very wider role to take in a football club. Uh, uh, majorly, people think your job is also the technical aspect of it, which is coaching the lads, get them ready, prepare them for the game win lose or draw and uh, defend yourself before the press and that should be all but no when you train in um like i was training in spain we have a wider role you know the the the, the contract to the players bringing in players on the on the team dropping players these are your functions coordinating your staff um part of the administration you know team travelings, uh, the kind of food, the kind of vitamins, these are jobs of a head coach. Then assign uh, functions to, to your staff. You have the assistant coach, you have the goalkeeper trainer. You tell the goalkeeper trainer what exactly the concept you want him to train. And your, uh, your, your assistant, you have to give them jobs that they'll get power times. You know, you couldn't everybody, the players themselves, you need to talk to them apart from the technical function you have to exhibit. You need to know the psychological balance of these players, the problems, personal problems. You need to go into them so that you can get the best out of them. Advise, you know. Some, like, uh, they're doing well, and suddenly they have a lot of people that want to take them away from you. You, as a manager, you need to manage it, not just on the technical part of it. Advise him, okay, like if you're an arsenal and your number nine has about 20 goals, Real Madrid wants him. Of course, he wants to go to Real Madrid, but you as a manager, you know, I tell him, don't go to Madrid, go to Valencia. Get straight, if you get straight to the top, you might fall. So, why don't you try the adaptation in Valencia? Get some goals because the pressure is going to be lesser than if you go to Madrid. You know, these kind of advices you give to players, you advise the management, too, about selling and buying a player. There's some controversial players that the the management want to buy, but you just tell them, like Neymar, I say, I don't want Neymar in Real Madrid because he's going to cause a lot of troubles. Uh, There are going to be problems between him and other players because of his style of life. So these are the things the manager advises the administrators, the management, and uh, lots of people, merchandising, you know, these kind of things, are the roles of a head coach or manager. But, you know, when you come to Nigeria here, Africa, your role is just <clears throat> to train the boys, and that's all. That's in Africa. It's so limited because others have positioned themselves into different functions that you should have, you should be exercising. So that's, that's just my opinion about that.
0: Thank you for that, coach. Um, so, of course, players have their role models, and uh, so do coaches and people in, involved in football. So, who are some of the people who influenced your coaching or um, you role, you, who you see as role models in the
1: game? Um, you know, um, actually, when I started, when I had my UFOB, I read a lot of books of Mourinho, Jose Mourinho. And that inspired me a lot, I won't lie to you. <clears throat> but along the line, you know, you have to take the best from each manager. I love Guardiola because of his inventions. There were a lot of things he brought into football coaching that they never existed. So uh, Spanish, uh, I, I studied in Spanish and I live in Spain. So i was able to get those facts directly from the source you know without it's not an interpretation when you read english interpretation of a fan is you might lose some of the meanings so i followed him i read some some of his books and uh, marcelo biesa that's the the guy from argentina he's um i would say he's the father of all I can say it's my role model because uh, I went deep into his materials and uh, it's, it's massive. Three of them have been so fantastic in my, my formation, which I won't lie to you, but I will sincerely point to Marcelo Biesa because it's, it's, it's something else. We call him a Loco. That's the crazy one. You know, that's the Spanish word for crazy a local because little details about football is told is there magnifies them and make it simpler to those that want to learn. So actually I will say Marcelo Biesa. Meanwhile Mourinho and Guardiola, they were they were part of the, my formation system because I read a lot of their books and uh that's that's just it about that.
0: So um of course, you know, you, you've mentioned um, about the fact that you did your badges in Spain and you've mentioned some of your role models. Um, so, of course, you know, one question I'm sure people would like to know is how many languages can you speak, Coach?
1: Well, I speak English very well. I speak Portuguese very well. I speak Spanish very well. I speak uh, Yoruba. I speak Persian English. <laughs> Then I speak a bit of Romanian language because I played in Romania, about 40% of Romanian, not fantastically well. Romanian, about 40-30%. That's that's about four or five languages, yeah. Mm.
0: So, um, in terms of, um, obviously you mentioned your role models. Um, So, how would you describe your coaching style or yourself as a coach?
1: You know, coaching style <clears throat> is very ambiguous, you know, it, that is directly linked to the character of the person involved. You know, my coaching style is what we call a command type, you know, a command coaching style. When you're sure of yourself, you're sure of what you're passing to the players, you command. That's 70%. Then I have... Uh, Another one that's called a sandwich system, which is about 30%, where you have to listen to the players. You know, you bring out a a problem. Like, for example, um, if we're playing at home and uh, we're losing 0-1 80 minutes, what do we do? You know, the players, we we have different kind of ideas. Coach, we can go straight into direct football, this or that or that. So I think it is very good, most of the time, to listen to the players. That's what we call a feedback type, With a command system, the command is, let them know how you want them to play and how they should play for you. But the 30% is for them to tell you, this is how we feel. If you want a guy to go on, um, on a counter attack and it's not fast, how do you correlate that? So you need to listen to him it's not just telling him what to do, but listen to him too, what he can do. You mix it up and you agree on, on, on a pattern, and that'll be fine. There is a, the other type, which is the authoritarian, which normally I don't like that. It's too hard for me. Where you come in and you tell them what to do, no feedback, no anything, no people that cannot do it, you drop them that's not good. My style is the command. The command is passing genuine information. You have to listen to you. You have to convince them to do it. Then the third picture is for them to give you feedback and uh, listen to them, solve problems together and uh, I'll be perfect. That's my, that's my style, coaching style.
0: How, if, you, if somebody asked you, um, what makes you unique as a coach? Um, How would you answer that question?
1: Uh, What makes me unique as a coach is um, I'm very transparent and I go for merit. Four seasons in Nigeria, my players will testify to that. Um, I don't look faces. I don't look who brought me in. I go for merit. And that's what I've been able to establish since I've been in Nigeria. Um, I'll give you an example. When I was in Abiyar Warriors, there were some guys that were dropped. This Olawon, that is the best playing Rangers now. So we were doing a kind of possession game, and I saw that he was walking, running, bat, bat, pressing, getting the ball, and he never lost the ball. And I said, Who is this guy? They said he's been dropped. They're just waiting for us. I said, no, you can't drop him. I think he's one of the best players. They laughed. No, no, no. I said, I want him. They brought him on the pitch. Um, he was our best in Abia Warriors and Tangled, Rangers took him. He's the best in Rangers. So my uniqueness is transparency. I work on merit. I don't look faces, and uh, that's that's what I will do till till I retire from coaching.
0: Mm. So um, as a coach. Um, do you have a particular style of football that you seek to make your um, teams play? Or are you somebody who is openly adaptable?
1: Oh, uh, you know, that's, that's a very good question. My style of play, you know, your style of play is, should be based on five big concepts of the game, which is when you have the ball and when you don't have the ball then the transition attack defense transition defense attack which is another phase another big concept in football then the sport kicks those are the major five big concepts to define your style of play my style of play is organized play passing game from when i have the ball from the goalkeeper the back four and the midfield defense that's about six against three or six against four of the opponents so you have to get the ball Playing, playing with confidence, get a ball into the midfield. So when I get a ball into the midfield, that's when the position of play comes in. That is your two full backs, are they still open, wide open? No. They have to come into the midfield. To outnumber the number of players and openness in the midfield. Advantage, numerical advantage. Then from there, you know, a lot of combinations to get ball the ball into the final thought. The ball must be on the ground. You must play passing game. It must be confident. You must be confident to play this kind of game. That's what we call tiki taka here. You know, the tiki taka on the face value, people just think it's passing, passing. No. Passing with an objective, moving forward from the back four to the midfield. The midfield to the final thought. The final thought, what are the concepts to use? You have the wall passes, you have dribbling, you have shootings, you have a lot of combination. That's movement, position again. People move. Move opponent. Somebody occupies the space. This is my style of play. And this is what I've mastered, you know, for four years I've been here. Then the transition. What do you do when you're defending and you suddenly get a ball? Can we go on a counter attack? Okay, you have to see. Can we? Then you go. If you cannot, okay, relax. Continue the position game. Then the transition attack defense. You're attacking, suddenly you lose the ball. Where did you lose the ball? What are the concepts, the principles to apply? Is it pressing? Is it falling back? Is it whatever kind of a principle that can be achieved? The players must be well-taught. They must know this. 90 minutes for the concepts to be well-taught and they must understand them. That's my style. I don't just go and say okay the game decides itself like uh, that means you don't have an idea everybody must know what he has to do with the ball without the ball that's my style of play then when we talk about a sport kick yeah you have to work on this bring ideas from the players like i told you my style of coaching which is command and listen to feedback from the players so like, uh, when uh, Del Bosque was given a kind of conference, he said in the national team, they have a kind of sport kick they normally play. And when the guys from Barcelona came in, they said to him, Sir, can we, we do this in Barcelona? Can we can we teach the boys? Let's, can we, Maybe it will help us. And Del Bosque considered because, his style is to listen that's the sandwich time i told you they listened to them and they brought that on they did it in the training it worked and i think they they did it in south africa when they won the world cup and he said look we won the world cup because of one or two goes puyol and Piquet brought into the team. Into the so all this thing have to be organized I like, coaching is not easy you have to do a lot of works and a lot. You need good players, players that can understand. Not just our typical Nigerian players that uh, most of them they have their own idea and it's very hard to to change. But when you go for younger ones, those ones with hunger, yes, it's very very easier to to get your coaching style. I mean your playing style imbibed into all these boys.
0: So um, of course I, I want to follow up on that point that you just mentioned about um, uh, the Nigerian players. Um, obviously, with these ideas and um, tactics, can sometimes be very difficult to train. Um, yeah. How have you find How have you found it um, um, instilling your ideas into the players?
1: Well, uh, initially, you know, the first two, three, four weeks, it's it's not going to be easy, but when they finally know that's your style of play, that's your style of coaching. That they have to understand to play. And Nigerian guys are very sharp. They're smart. They turn immediately, and they they even catch up more than what you expected. Like when I came into Casina, uh, the first four, five, six weeks was very terrible. You know. Um, somebody would take the ball from the back, he wants to dribble and go. I said, no, this is no longer done, feasible in modern football. You have two, three touches maximum in modern football. You have to move, move, move. You know, it was so hard for them. But later, I start dropping them, friendly games we're not playing. They come and ask me, I said, because you don't play too tactical approach. Ah, oh, okay, don't worry, coach, I will do it. Okay, you know. they started getting them several range adapting to my style of play But well, you know there are some players too you, you understand one or two of them you have to inculcate them into the because of their the things their style might help you in five minutes to win a game you know you don't throw them away because uh, tactically they're poor so you have to listen get them you adapt to them, and they have to adapt to you. I have a player here that doesn't match. That's Destiny ashadi. I, I think he's the most talented Nigerian player I ever saw. But oh, in the transition attack defense, very—it's not very poor, but it's 30% okay. But I want guys at 70 80%. So initially, I was having my doubt, but this is a guy that can win a game for you. In five minutes, with some fantastic passes, final passes. Definitely can be in your own uh, creation zone. That's about 60 meters away from the opponent's goalpost. And we give a final pass to the wings, to the striker, to a midfield, a dashing, midfield, a dashing winger. So the advantages is more than the disadvantages. So at times you have to adapt to some spectacular players like that. But others that are very average, <clears throat> you have to instill that they adapt to tactical approach, tactical discipline. And uh, we did very well this season, you know, we seven on the log, oh, playing very good, fantastic football home and away. I think against Sunshine, against Hotline, we did that, very good football away game. And uh, I think that's, that's that's the way forward, that's the way to go, to instill your tactical approach on them because they will finally learn and adapt to you.
0: I, I, I completely understand coach. Um, so of course, um, with all the stuff that you've mentioned to us so far, um, I after to ask, what have been some of your most memorable moments um, since you have been back in uh, since you have been coaching in Nigeria,
1: um, the memorable moment was when I was in ABS, we got promoted. That was my first year, and that was my first uh, year in professional coaching. We got promoted to the Premier League um, on the last game. That was uh, against. Uh, I think a team from uh, Ogun State uh, forgot now. And we won 4-1, you know, total football. It was perfect, perfect day, you know, scoring four goals on the first half. And, you know, you've sealed your promotion to the Premier League. It was a very fantastic day, a memory of that I will never, never forget.
0: Mm. Oh, uh, the team from Ogun State, was it uh, Remo Stars, Gateway United?
1: You know, I think Gateway. Yes, you're right. Gateway.
0: Okay. Gateway. Okay. Um, I'm just for um some listeners, just in case they want to, uh, maybe try and find some videos of uh, the match so
1: that they can watch it. Okay. 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 It was Gateway. Okay. And um, we we'll play that in a Lorry the- Stadium. Yeah.
0: So um, do you have any other really memorable moments since you have um, been back in Nigeria?
1: Eh, that's the most uh, remarkable one, because we got promoted. And uh, there are a lot of uh, remarkable memories, you know, like when you win a game, when you win away, okay, Casino United never won away. And uh, with me, we did that, scoring two goals away. That's against Sunshine. It was a fantastic day. I'm from Ondo State. And, uh, you know, coming home to defeat your own your home team, you know, that's another memorable uh, day for me as a coach. But we've had a lot of uh, fantastic days like that, you know, when we play against pillars, you know, stay filled stadium uh, to full capacity, you know. These are days that don't normally come every time, you know. So that's just the two major remarkable memories I will be able to share with you.
0: Mm. So now that we have um, listened to some of your memorable moments, um, of course, we have to find out what have been some challenges or barriers that you have faced um, since you um, came back to coach in Nigeria?
1: Well, the the challenges is general, you know. When you look uh, at Africa, Oh, we have a lot of setbacks in organization, in administration, and uh, Nigeria is not exempted from these problems. You know, most of the game, most of the teams are government sponsored. You have a lot of bureaucracy in getting out funds. Um, this has been one of the major problems, you know, because you don't have a, uh, financial stability to make you stand and say, we have a standard financial budget for the year, and there they was not gonna be a problem during the year. But you know you find in Africa, Nigeria, generally, you only have money when you get allocations from the government, uh, times salaries are delayed, at times bonuses are delayed, at times you needed to travel on Thursday, and uh, I'm talking generally, not just one club, you know, mm-hmm. um, you have to travel on Fridays and, uh, you know, at times, you know, a lot of problems. Then another major setback is the, the, the transportation system in Nigeria and Africa. You're in Casino, you're playing in Port Akot, you have to go by road. That's about 20, 28 hours. It's not easy bad roads, you know, you're prone to robbery attacks, you know, kidnapping, all these things are big, big challenges that uh, I would love if the government and uh, the the sport ministry could look out for a roadmap to solve these problems, you know, get some contacts with the the aviation uh, companies, how they can move players from A to B, B to C, you know, when the distance is more than 300 kilometers, I think. These are basic problems and, they, and the, the, the transfer window, I think it's not well spelt out. Some players don't even know when they're free. They don't even know when they're, they are not free. They don't know anything. They don't have ideas about their status. They have two years contract. They don't know what is going on. You know, uh, for me, it doesn't bring, it doesn't make us to have the best. For example, abroad, when you have a two years contract, after one year and six months, you are free to negotiate with other teams. So if I want you to stay, I convince you to stay financially or whatever, so that you know what to do, how to deal with your family. But this African market is so large, it's so, uh, no, nobody understands how it works. So for me, I think these are the major problems I've seen since I came in. Plus education too, you know, most of them, um, the education is not, um, Nothing to write home about. So they don't even know. They just play. They cannot even organize their life, you know, because they don't even know how to start. You have a three years contract. You have one year contract. They don't understand what a contract is, you know. They don't understand. And uh, this is very ambiguous. This is more than what a, what one coach can solve. I think it has to be the ministry of sports to come in you know, have a fantastic roadmap. Everybody understands. And there will be a lot of competition amongst the club. I can take your player and I pay the transfer clause. If the player wants to come, of course, then it brings competition. It brings uh, high professionalism into the into the country. So I hope one day we'll have this.
0: I, I, completely, I completely agree with you there, Coach. Yeah. Um, so, um, in terms of um, yourself, what is what is your vision or your long-term goal um, for yourself as a coach?
1: Yeah, my coach, my vision is um, to win the NPFL. From there, to win the CAF Champions League, um, uh, League One in France, La Liga, EPL, and finally win the World Cup they said your vision should be tremendous. You should be fearful of your vision. If not, that means it's not a vision. Yeah. So what I've learned up to you, they are very, very difficult tasks, but I need something to push me on every day. And uh, that, is, that is it. And I hope I will achieve them, you know. God's willing, if I work so hard and the opportunities come on, Why
0: not? Um, I have to say that's definitely one of my own favorite quotes uh, (laughs) um, about uh, ambition. Um, It's it's definitely one that I I, I have saved on my phone and I've saved on my computer as well.
1: Yeah,
0: I Um, like that. So um, for anyone who is listening and wants to become a top-level coach like yourself, what advice would you give them?
1: Well, uh, advice about uh, the younger ones coming on is you must get a coaching education. Coaching education in Africa might be very difficult if you have access to international coaching education, like in Scotland. If you have the money, I think you can get your UEFA badges in Scotland. They allow foreigners to come in and get the coaching education it's very vital coaching education then your philosophy your your you must not just uh i want to be like guardiola no guardiola is guardiola and that's his own method his own philosophy he's working he's living his dream you as a person maybe you're very good your 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 mind is if i defend well and i score one goal that was that would be okay for me don't change that that's you walk on it you can be the best maybe your vision your philosophy your stylist i want to play like God. all i want to play passing game i want to play football bonito you know like the spanish say don't change maybe your are on counter attack don't change and don't copy people's exercises you have after your coaching education you would know how to draw up my exercises they are for me i made them myself you might copy you don't even know what i'm working on you just go and take it and for you then you're working on other concepts so let it be you be real and be transparent you work on merit 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 that even the bible and the quran supports people working on merit and uh human morals you know you have to work on merit yeah, you can help people 5%. You're know, orgasmed. Some people, they will disturb you along your career. 5%, 10%. But majority, the players, they see when you work on merit and they, they fight for you. They fight for you because they know, ah, coach works on merit. I'm good, at play. If I'm not good, it takes me out. This will help you a lot, a lot, a lot. That's my advice on... Uh, People that want that are just coming up in the grassroots they want to coach in the NNL in the NPFL, and the uh, MPFL and I think that's my own. There are thousands of advices, but uh, that's what I can offer for now maybe in the next ten years I will be able to add more to it because I would have gained more experience so that's the basic uh, advices pieces of advices I will give to people coming up
0: so um Thank you, coach, for joining us today. Um, You know, that's been a very insightful episode. There's so much things that I think we have learned from this episode. Um, Just before we finish, I want to play a game of uh, preferences so that we can find out some of your coaching preferences. Um, Are you ready, coach? Okay. Um, So I know that some coaches have preferences for their players' physical uh, statures. Do you do you have a preference for players, or are you just interested in um, the ability to play football? Because I know some coaches they favor taller players, or maybe some coaches favor smaller players.
1: No, um, number one is ability. That's capacity. That's your your inborn capacity. That's technical. That's what we call technical. That's your your talent. That's number one. Then there are some positions that are uh, height, might, like in the defensive line, that might be very, very useful. Minimum 1.8. I don't need a two meter tall, 1.9. or one, Minimum should be 1.8. That's in the defensive line. But in the midfield, there are powerful guys that are small. Juninho of Brazil. You know, we have, uh, uh, what's his name? This guy in Madrid. Short guys, you know the um, his, his capability. Maradona was short. Mm. Ronaldo, Brazil was not that tall. Messi, you know, messy. his capability is your know, what he can do. But in the defensive line, yeah, me as a person, I prefer minimum 1.8 meter tall. Why to head the ball out, area balls, and uh, so all of that. I don't care, I will just watch your capability and your your technical prowess.
0: So, um, another uh, preference I want to uh, find out from you is, um, I know that um, there's always discussions about what is the best squad size um, for coaches. Um, Do you have a preferred number um, that you have um, in terms of the size of your squad?
1: yeah um the the standard in europe is 25 but we've we've had managers that prefer 21 like guardiola guardiola likes 20 21. why that's a big question the reason is you know when you have 21 players and uh, 18 has to go on the uh, for the team you have only three out it's easier to manage When you have 30 people and 18 has to be on the list, you have 12 people out. These 12 people, if you're in a top club, like Man City, Real Madrid, they're top players too. So it's very dangerous. They walk against you, you know, they have a lot of connections. They start to destabilize the team. And that might be a big, big problem if you don't know how to manage that. But when you have a 21... uh, numbers of players 18 will be on the team every time three out so you're going to be lucky some are going to be injured two one then you you go on with the 18 almost every time 17 then you go to the b team which is uh i'm not actually the guardiola player development the younger ones he likes to work with younger guys that are very hungry you know hungry about to, to be successful so it's easier to bring in three, four younger players from the B team to meet up 21, 20, than to have uh, 25 top players from all over the world in Man City, in uh, Barcelona, in Real Madrid, because they're going to be a lot of conflicts. Uh, players' management, humans' management is the most difficult part of coaching. It's not just the technical. Okay, for example, you have a very good, uh, you have three fantastic players in the wing that if you know if plenty of them they, they will deliver and one is playing well you can't drop him and what what happens to the other two guys you can't put all the wingers what about you have to compensate the midfield the defensive line the goalkeeper two the defensive line six minimum the midfield five minimum and the attack five that's complete 18. What happens to the other two guys that are very, very good too? So the management, human management, is one of the major problems in coaching. So that's why these top managers, they prefer 20, 21, 22. They don't want more than that. But in Nigeria, we have 70, we have 75. <laughs> we have. <laughs> so and this is just on duty to manage. It's not easy. When you tell the management, sir, Uh, Let's make it thirty. They say that's not your problem. Work with the one that is good for you. Leave the rest. But they forgot that you're going to deal with these people every day. Some of them are good. Some of them are very good. But you have a team already. So how do I drop? For example, how do I drop Destiny Ashadi and put in somebody that I think is fantastically good too? Do you understand what I'm saying? if Destiny is not injured if potassium is not injured if dancer is not injured how do i put others that have seen in the training that they are equally good and they look at you coach you not know, like me that's that's just the thing coach you no know, like me because i'm not a yoruba man you know they start to tell you a lot of rumors because i'm from fulani because i'm Ausa, because i'm Igbo. This man is outside my you know, that's a lot of things to deal with. But the management, they don't know this. Do you understand what I'm saying? Hmm. I love, so I, I prefer twenty five. Hmm.
0: I know it's I know it's a very big topic in coaching. I know a lot of coaches yeah. struggle with that same issue. Um, yeah. in terms of squad size. Um because of of yeah. course it has to do with the squad harmony, it has to do with, you know, how the players of are. Of
1: course.
0: Team. Um, and it's very important to have a positive atmosphere in your team.
1: Yeah. Very important, yeah.
0: So um another preference we want to find out from you is um what is your ideal backroom staff? What does your ideal backroom staff look like? Um I know some coaches. Uh, Um, like some coaches favor having two assistant managers, some favor having one assistant manager and having several coaches below the assistant, and having a goalkeeper coach and a fitness coach. What does your own ideal backroom staff look like?
1: You see, this is um, this depends on, like I told you, it depends on the character of the manager. You know, there's a new invention now that most top managers they don't call the goalkeeper trainer goalkeeper trainer. You know they call him assistant manager three. Uh, the physical trainer you don't call him physical trainer. You call him assistant manager four. Then your vice coach, that's the the, the man after you, you call him manager uh, number two. Why? Is to give a kind of a competence before the players so that they don't say ah he's a goalkeeper trainer so he can't talk to me like that do you understand what i'm
0: yes i completely so
1: understand. so my ideal uh staff is to have about three four guys okay fine they have their specialization you have the goalkeeper trainer but you have to introduce him as um assistant coach assistant manager both with specialty in goalkeeper training this with specialty in physical training this with specialty in advices. That is your second in command. You know that's my ideal kind of uh, backroom staff. But here in Nigeria, it's tough. It's a topic that is not good for the manager to mention about. Wallah, is uh, there is this um, idea the second manager here does not want you to succeed. That's. Um, a wide claim a rumor going on in nigerian football that's every because you meet them in the club you you might then be some close my life to come with your assistant manager but mostly they don't allow you they say they tell you we have a manager here that knows the players is going to help you through he's going to adapt you into the system you know what the general concept believe is that Mm, they don't want you to be successful, you know. So it's a big topic in Nigerian football that I think if the administrators have so much confidence in assistant manager, why don't, why don't they just make them the, the, the manager of the team? Do you understand where I'm going?
0: Yes, yes, I do.
1: Um, make them the technical advisor. Don't bring in nobody. If he fails, you ask him to leave, then you bring a manager that will come with his assistant manager. I think that's the solution towards that. When we talk, the managers, when we meet in the, in the during games, you know, this has been the lamentation. Oh, there was a time we were having a course in Abuja, but uh, LMC arranged with Asana. Asana came down from London here. With, uh, I think it was Star that sponsored that program with LMC. You know, after the training session, everything, you know, the, we'll sit down, talking, taking coffee. Everybody's, oof, I don't know what my assistant manager is telling the players now. I told him to do this, he's doing a lot. You know, this was uh, what everybody was saying. So I think <laughs> Africa. We have a lot, you know, a long way to go to correct so many vices in our football.
0: I, I completely, oh. I can, I completely understand, uh, understand that point that it's a, it's a topic that I've uh, myself have discussed with a few coaches as well. I know um, yeah. I know how um, people, people get it in their mind, that yeah. uh, um, you know people are out, out to take their job, but you know, it's not the case, you know. It's not the case. Yeah, I, I think one of one of my favorite interviews that I saw recently was uh, Jürgen Klopp, where he talked about okay. the reason why he hires coaches. That he hired is because he wants people who are more skilled than he is in areas that he is not very skilled, so that they yeah. can work. So that they can work together to bring success to the club. So yeah. he, he doesn't want. He doesn't just want weaker people below him. He wants people who have. Exceptional skills that exceptional skills. Yes, that he himself does not have. So they complement yes. each other. That is the key exactly. word. Exactly. Complement each other.
1: Exactly. complement each
0: other, yes. So um obviously you mentioned your course in Abuja. So I have to ask, what is as a coach, what is your preference for um for um continuing your learning? Do you prefer to go on courses? Do you prefer to read books? Do you prefer uh, what, is, what is your preference?
1: No, you have the preference is to attend conferences. Like uh, I belong to Coaches Association in Spain. Every summer we have uh, conferences in, in Spain. They bring a lot of top managers from all over the world. You know, we do that for about at times, one week at times, days. Then uh, books you have to read every day. I update myself every day online. No, you have to. Then you watch the game because Marcelo Bielsa said the best books you can read is watching a standard game, a top league. Like now I'm watching Italian league, and uh, I add, I update myself about what I never thought I could have added to my training. You understand? So that's the constant update. You have to watch games, watch games, watch games. Watch top players, what they do. How do I make an exercise on that special talent like Messi, taking out the ball from the midfield and dribbles everybody? Is that possible? Can I can I do that with my team? You know, you have to try. What happened between Messi and the 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 right back and the the winger? What what a fantastic uh, combination. Okay, can I bring that to my team? That's what Marcelo has said. He said the best update is. Watch top players and top league, so you learn every day. Because when you watch game now, you you see the game one way, but when we watch, we see the other way. We don't see who win, who lose. We just what can we gain from this game? What is Team A doing that my team does not have? What is Team B doing that my team does not have? Okay, how can I bring this now to my team? This is what this is how we update ourselves every time and that has to continue till death that's what marcelo said
0: Mm. so um of course um in terms of um i know okay so uh, a follow-up question um i know that a lot of coaches um have things that they use to assist them to implement their coaching to implement their learning um do you have a favored coaching equipment and it doesn't have to, it could have, it could maybe, I don't know, obviously being um, at a big club like Asina United, maybe you might have something expensive, um, but, um, or it could be something even very simple as just a watch. And I know um, different coaches have their preferences. What is your own?
1: Uh, in, uh, in Africa, it's difficult to... <clears throat> Bring in some uh, equipment because uh, it's very expensive. And uh, like um, I like to use a VO2 max you know, measuring uh, equipment. I like to see the um, the production of acid lactic in the mores of players. But uh, with my coaching philosophy, which is a periodization tactical, uh, you could. Uh, detect all these things just on the play, you know, on the possession game. You will discover that not hundred percent, but I would have loved to carry some of these tests that that like is done abroad. You know, after training, you get acidotic uh, content in the muscles to see what what kind of training I can give you to improve you. Then the VO two max um, or equipment to see how the body uses oxygen. These are some things that uh, we use abroad, but here, <clears throat> even if we mention it, it just, they, it's capital intensive and, uh, and uh, it might not be advisable to even you know, mention it before them. But I try to improvise on all these, um, all these conditions that are very helpful. If you really get the standard, to help your players. So I uh, improvise here, like uh, I do uh, what we call a yo-yo test, which is um, it's about VO2 mass. That's how it resi- resistance. But I would have loved if some test could be done in the laboratory and you just get it done. But uh, I can use a yo-yo test, so I improvise, I use it. The uh, bottle acid lactic, I use a, a possession game and. Uh, some other things so i get all this data and uh, it's something it's it's, it's helpful so i don't have a big or equipment to 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 use here in africa like uh it's done abroad i i
0: um i completely understand that i completely understand that coach Um, and i know at times um People don't always see the vision of the coach. Um, So it takes time sometimes for them to come around and see the value in which which you are saying. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: So, well, we've come to our final question. Um, And just before we end, I just want to find out from you. Um, Okay. I know that um, in football, coaches have their preferences on the type of captain that they want in their team. Do you have a preference for the style of captain I know that there are captains who lead through um, being role model role models in the team. Then there are captains who are very vocal, and then um, there are uh, you know there are different styles of there are captains who um, in the group they are very popular, and or sometimes there are captains who are given the captaincy as being um, simply for being the best player in the team or the biggest name. Do you have? a preference for your style of captain
1: yes my style of captain has to be a leader that lead by example you know if you if i want you when you lose the ball to press you as a captain for you to tell another player to press you must be pressing if i tell you i wanted to be on the training by eight o'clock as a captain You should be there 7.45 so that when somebody comes late, you have to do what? Uh, Caution the other players that will come late. You must be leading by example. Of course, a captain has to be a playing captain. A captain that's on the pitch, that has the capacity to play, must be the best player, if not the best player, one of the best players. Lead by examples, listen, not controversial, take everybody along. If you're not playing, he knows how to talk to you, don't worry, wait for your time, you know. He has to be, he has to have good characters, lead by sample, you know. And most command respect. How do you command respect? is by being transparent. Carry everybody along, show sure a sample. I used to have a captain when I was playing in Vitura's tuba. It's called Helio. Helio Sosa. And uh, it lives by sample. It was among those guys that that won us in Saudi eighty nine. You remember was it Saudi eighty nine when we lost to Portugal in the final on the twenty? Hello? Yes. I I wouldn't know if it's uh Saudi eighty nine. I yes, think it's Saudi eighty nine. That we lost to Portugal in the final. It was among the Portuguese team, Helios also. Leash by example. Everything is on the training 30 minutes before training and he's the last to leave. He calls everybody. He reminds you, uh, we're traveling. If we're traveling for a game, uh, departure time is 3. He wants everybody there to be there 2.45. He leaves by example, you know. So that's my preferred captain. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, yes, just to uh, confirm, yes, it was uh, Saudi Arabia 89 when Portugal beat us 2-0.
1: Two zero, yes, and the final thing, oh, no. yes. Um, Elio Sosa, yes.
0: Um, Coach, uh, once again, I want to say thank you for coming on the podcast uh, and sharing your knowledge and your insights. Um, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you very much. Um, as I mentioned, this is the end of the show. So, for everyone listening, remember to like the podcast. Remember to share it. Remember to um, subscribe to the podcast. Um, Thank you again for listening. This has been the Ninja on the Ball podcast where we are on the ball with the people that know. Thank you.